first redemptive name is Jehovah Jireh, having to do with the fact. Now, these are Hebrew words to English. When we say Jehovah Jireh, they're Hebrew words. So, which means I am your provision. I am your provision, not will be or someday. I am your provision. Then Deuteronomy 28, verses 1 to 14 is the blessing chapter. But after that, from verse 15 to verse 68, has to do with curses. You make the choice there. In Psalm 112, it said, Blessings and riches shall be in your house. It's better to be in our house than out of our house. Then, of course, Matthew 6, 33, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Third John 2, Beloved, I wish above all things I may prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. That was the first redemptive name, having to do with Jehovah Jireh. The second one is found in Exodus chapter 15, verse 26, having to do with the fact of healing. I am your healer. Yeah, real interesting about that. He said, I will put none of the diseases that I've allowed to go on the Egyptians, but I am the Lord that healeth thee. I am Jehovah Rapha. And so we believe it and we receive it and what Jesus has done for us. But you've got to remember, too, that in the Old Testament, healing came by obedience. We have many examples of that. If you want to look further, look at the the healing of Naaman, how he was told to dip into Jordan seven times. It was by his obedience that healing came. And then, of course, in Isaiah 53, now, Isaiah didn't know what he was writing. He just wrote by the Spirit of God as he wrote that down. It's so amazing, so wonderful how he talks about in Isaiah, the 53rd chapter. And uh, it's one of the great chapters that we find in the Word of God that's very, very powerful and very wonderful. Now, Isaiah was written in approximation in about uh, 700 years before Jesus came to earth. And so when we look at that, we're so amazed at how close and how interesting it was uh, verse 4 of 53, Isaiah, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, and yet we did see him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. And then verse 5, But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Now, one of the interesting factors there is this, that previous, many years before that, the Romans were the only group that used to beat a person. They call it flagellation. And how they would do that, they'd take their whips and they'd put bone in it and they'd put glass in it and everything else, and they they would whip the prisoner, causing them almost, his 39 was the top number they could give them, and that was it. Generally, by that time, they're usually dead because of the fact of the tremendous amount of blood being lost during flagellation. And Isaiah prophesied 700 years before Christ came that with his stripes we are healed. How powerful and how wonderful. It tells us in Malachi chapter 4 and verse 2, the Son of Righteousness will rise with healing in his wings. Then in the time of the Lord Jesus with his disciples, the Great Commission, he said, you are to lay your hands on the sick they shall recover. In Hebrews 13 and 8, Jesus Christ is still the same yesterday, today, and forever. James 5, it says the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord 
shall raise him up. So we believe that. We believe that Jehovah Rapha belongs to us. Jehovah Jireh belongs to us. And Jehovah Nisi, this is found in Exodus chapter 17, having to do with the fact this word means is the Lord our banner. Now, any time when the different tribes would go to war, they would carry a banner with them that would tell them all what they are about. So exclusively, what they're speaking about, they're speaking about victory. And so what happens here in Exodus 17, we have Aaron and her, and they have a, a number of people there coming against them, trying to destroy them, and the battle is being won as long as the hands of Moses are lifted. And so when his hands would go down, then they would take over. The other people would take over, whoever they were fighting. But as they lifted up his arms and held up his arms, Aaron and her, victory came. See, the problem with the church is this. They relegate themselves to mediocrity by refusing to unify and walk in love how God wants it. So the battle could not be won until Aaron and her lifted up his arms It said, Israel shall prevail against the Midianites. The key word there is unity, as unity comes by. So what are we full of the banners? What kind of banners? What kind of people are we? Well, first, we're people of salvation, full salvation. We're talking about healing. We're talking about the Holy Ghost and fire. We're talking about blessed, anointed, radical, passionate, determined, focused children of the Most High God. And that's not a bad deal, is it? The Jehovah Nixie talking about the Lord is my banner. So we honor that. We thank God for the banners. Now, our banners today may be not seen that they're inside our hearts. That's where our banners are. And so I've seen others in different places I've been, different churches. Sometimes they carry banners around and march with them. That's good. That's all right. Let them enjoy themselves. That's good. But inside. This banner has to be on the inside, and that's how we are. Now, basically, what we're going to deal with tonight, we're going to deal in Judges chapter 6. This has to do with another redemptive name of Jehovah. And dealing with that in particular is so amazing, so wonderful, so blessed, that we we uh, just, you know, every time we read the word, we have more to be seen and more to understand. Because what you need to understand and to know and to realize is that this book is a living book. It's a living book. And as we have this living book, that every day we read it, we can read something else because the Spirit of God revealed to us something else in a different measure. All right? In Judges chapter 6, we have the story of Gideon. And I just want to read a few verses to you. And what this deals with, basically is the very fact that Shalom, Jehovah Shalom, is my peace. But talking about that peace, it is an amazing story that you would think there's anything but peace. So an angel comes down and visits Gideon. And then he says to him, this is in verse 12, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, the Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. Now, that was a prophetic statement made by the angel to Gideon. And Gideon, where was he? He was on the threshing floor 
hiding from the Midianites. And uh, while he was doing that, because they would come and steal all the produce, everything they had, and he said, if that's the case, Lord, then why has this happened to us? Uh, miracles. Where, well, our fathers told us of, did not the Lord bring us from Egypt? Now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us to the hand of the Midianites. Verse 13. And the Lord looked upon him and said, go your way in might, and you will save Israel by the hand of Midianites. Have I not sent you? He said, oh, Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? Then he goes on to make excuse. He said, my family's poor in Manasseh. Well, anything what he's telling about, he said, my tribe is the poorest tribe. My family is the poor of the poor. He said, my family is poor in Manasseh, and I'm the least in my father's house. Boy, he put himself down, down. Now, that didn't have to do with humility. It had nothing to do with it. had to do with the fact what he saw himself, where he was. And then the Lord said unto him in verse 16, he said, surely I will be with you, and you will smite the Midianites as one man. Now, again, we just talked of the fact of unity. Until the body of Christ comes together and saying the same thing, doing the same thing, going the same place, we're talking about unity, being unified. And then he kept on just, now show me a sign, do this and do that and the other. And finally, it came all the way down to the last point he said, then, verse 23, the Lord said unto him, peace be unto you. Fear not, you will not die. Then Gideon built an altar unto the Lord and called it Jehovah Shalom. So that's where we get this one, Jehovah Shalom, having to do with the fact that that the redemptive name of God is Jehovah Shalom. I am the Lord, your peace. What an amazing story. Bring him into union. So as God sent that angel told them exactly what to do, gave them all the information. The Lord is with you. He will save Israel. You will bring a union of army to defeat the Midianites. And then Gideon built that altar, and he called that altar. He prophesied on what the outcome would be. As for us, brothers and sisters, listen to this one, because this is what we need to do as God's children. We need to start prophesying to the wind. We need to prophesy to the north, to the south to the east, to the west, the callings of the wind of heaven. They're blowing. Hallelujah. In Psalm 119, verse 165, it says, Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. What a word. One of the strongest words having to do with peace. Great peace have they which love your law, and nothing shall offend them. No matter what the enemy tries to do, no matter what kind of roadblock he tries to put up, he tries to do all kinds of things. Now, I preached a message several years back having to do with an acrostic. We're talking about the word peace. The P is to do with purpose. Now, Jesus knew what his purpose was. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. And then E has to do with the fact, don't be entangled again with sin. Don't be entangled. Don't be tripped up. Don't let your mind go elsewhere. Don't let your body do things it should not be doing. Don't let your mind think that way or your words even come out of your mouth. Don't let that happen. Don't be entangled again. Don't wrapped up. Like that old song says, we need to be wrapped up, tied up, tangled up with Jesus. That's where our entanglement comes. <laughs> That's a good kind. But the bad kind is the fact that you're going back in. You're going back into the ways that you came, that, that you have come from. 
So that's the bad thing about it. But the good thing is this, that if you're wrapped up, tied up, tangled up with Jesus, you're going to be all right. Amen. So you got purpose. you got being entangled in, in the word of authority. Authority. That you speak the word of authority. When you have peace, you have authority. When Jesus, when he stood up in the, the boat, when it was about ready to go under the water, because there was a terrible storm. And you all know the story. And basically what happened? His disciples came and tried to wake him up and shook him and shook him and shook him and said, don't you care if we perish? And Jesus came up out of his slumber and stood up and rebuked the waves of the wind. And all he said was, peace, be still. I've got good news for you today. If you have troublous times, if you have insurmountable waves, if you've got things crashing over your life, he is still speaking that word. Peace be still. <laughs> oh, I'm feeling the peace of God flow over me right now. If you need peace, reach out and get some. The peace of God, the peace of God, then see has to do with conforming to the image of Christ. How we conform to him, reform, conform, love him, serve him, praise him, minister to him, conforming to his image. Look what Jesus is, how Jesus is, what he said, what he did, all the things about him conform to his image. Not popular opinion or anything having to do with that. Having to do with the fact conforming to the image of Christ. He has to do with explosion. You say, what's that about? That's the explosion of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> we have peace through our circumstance, our trials, our needs. In Colossians chapter 3 and verse 15 tells us, let the peace of God rule your heart. Actually, in one of the translations, it said, let the peace of God be the umpire of your heart. Think about that. Let the peace of God be the umpire of your heart. That whatever comes across the plate, whether it's a ball or whether it's a strike, make a home run. That's what we're talking about. Let. Now, you see, let has to do with your provision. There's a lot of people out there not allowing the Spirit of God to do what he wants to do in you because you haven't given him permission. You say, Lord, okay, here, take it, take it, take it. We have to release ourselves to our God. And when we do that, then the Lord says, okay, I'll release to you my blessings. I'll release to you my anointing. I'll release to you my glory. Hallelujah. So that's what we're talking about, something about peace. In Ephesians, he is our peace. My, 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 my. Now, going on there, if you're taking notes, having to do with the fact, look in Ezekiel chapter 48 and verse 35, has to do with another redemptive name. That redemptive name is Jehovah Shammah, which means the Lord is there, places you don't think he'll go. You hear me? God is there in places you don't think he'll go. Oh, my Lord, my Lord, my Lord. God is going to do that. He's going to, what if your children, if they're not with God right now, I believe that God could turn them around because God promises that I will save your household. Hold on to that. Hold on to that. Hold it deep in your heart. I've had so many testimonies in regard to Parents that were crying and travailing over their son and their daughter 
asking God to save them. And God did. One of the ones I'm thinking about right now, this lady came to our church all the time. I can't quite think of her name. I won't give her name right now, but what I'll say is this. She was one of the most faithful women you ever saw that had come to our church. She always sat down between the first and the third rows. And uh, <clears throat> this was in the older church. We had an older church that was built uh, back in the late 60s or early 70s, right, right around that range. And then a newer church was built in 1985. This is way back when. And so she was praying and praying and praying for her son. I didn't forget his name. And so uh, I call his name Methuselah because nobody's called Methuselah. <laughs> uh, so anyway, he was away from God. He had done drugs. He had done everything else. He, he was in and out of jail. I mean, he had tons of problems with this man. And so Christmas night, we were seated in service. And I had the service. Had a beautiful period of God's moving. And I'm just about ready to preach the message. And this haggard-looking young man comes to the door. He's shaking. He comes up to the front of the church. He says, sir, give me the microphone. Now, at the first thought, you would say, no way, Jose. Why should I give you the microphone? My Lord, have mercy. Look direct. I said, okay, let me pray about it. So that was a quick prayer. I said, Lord, should I or should I not? He said, do it. So I said, okay. And that's who he was. He said, you see, my mother's right there in that third row. She's been a member of this church ever since it's been open. And he went on to tell the different ways that he at one time had been connected to the church. He said, I've been away from God for many, many years. But I couldn't get out of my head. I couldn't get out of my heart. And he said, just tonight. And he named the bar. He said, I was down at a certain bar. And I was dancing. And I was carrying on. And I was doing all kinds of things. And in that bar walked the Lord Jesus Christ. And he called me by name. He said, son, your mother's been praying for you a long time. And now it's time to get born again. He said, I went to my knees on that dance floor. They didn't know what I saw. They had no idea. They know that I was on the dance floor on my knees. The music stopped. The people backed up off of that floor. They knew some supernatural power was there. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, son, go out to where your mom going to church and give a testimony. Tears are running down his eyes. He said, Mom, come here. They both had a beautiful reunion. Tears are falling on both sides from the mother and from the son. And as I was watching that, oh, my, 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 my. It was so amazing. Anyway, that night we had a beautiful salvation message. God is moving in the hearts of people. We didn't hardly have to preach. People running the altar, calling on God. Souls were saved. Lives were changed. And so, and so 
as he stood in front of that audience with tears rolling down his face. He said, I'm never going to leave Jesus. And uh, my knowledge, he never did. He just kept on going on, on and on and on, serving the Lord, serving the Lord. These people didn't live in our area. They were away from us. And so, anyway, I heard later on he went to Bible college, got a little education, went out to be an evangelist. What a story. What a story. That Jesus came to him in a bar on Christmas night. He had brought it to salvation. My, 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 my. What am I saying? I'm saying this. Oh, he's there. Jehovah Shammah. He's there. He's in places you don't think he'll go. Here's situations you think he'll be there. Our God is with us. He is with us. He is with us. It may be a season that people that you know have been turned away from the Lord God. But I'm telling you, the season, God can turn anything around. Oh, it's so wonderful. It's so blessed. We see in Genesis 28 how the angels are ascending and descending. You read that whole chapter there having to do with the fact that what I believe, prayers are going up to God. And on the other side, they're coming down with answers. <laughs> That's why we're saying, Jehovah Shammah, I am the Lord that's there in your trial and your need and your problem and your sickness. Whatever you're going through, I am there for you. So in 28th chapter of Genesis, Jacob was running away from Esau, who was really trying to kill him. Because he said as soon as his father died, he was going to kill that brother from stealing his birthright. That's the whole story. Read it, you find out. And so Jacob puts his head on a rock. God gives him a dream. Angels coming up and going down. And then one statement is made. He said, God was in this place, and I didn't know it. What a tragedy. God was in this place, and I didn't know it. But after he came out of that dream, everything changed for Jacob. My, 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 my. Everything changed for Jacob. What happened then? It started getting better and better and better and better and better and better. And even as he started bringing gifts to Esau, Esau received those gifts. They were reunited. Peace came because the Lord is in the middle of every trial, every problem, every need, every difficulty. Remember my son, he's traveling around the world right now, and I think he's in England right now. But anyway, he told me, see, he's a graduate of our know. And when he went to school there at ORU there in Tulsa, he was in the elevator one time just going up to one of the floors, and an African was there. And uh, they asked everybody, said, what's your name? And Lester, he said, my name's Lester Summer. And the African went down on the floor and grabbed his ankle and says, oh, my God. I've been praying to God to meet the man Lester Sumrall. He said, I'm the grandson. He makes no difference. He said, I must tell you my story. Called the country where he was in, in Africa. He said, 
It was because of what your grandfather did, how he brought food to my country, that I'm alive. We were starving. We didn't have any food. We were eating roots. We were eating roots. We ate everything we could find. And then came this huge plane, delivered food to my area. That's why I was alive. And in my heart, I said to God, I said, God, I want to find somebody that belongs to that family. I just want to tell them what God did through them. That's why, again, we can say, Jehovah Shammah, the Lord is there. He's there. He's there. He's there in the prisons. He's there in the gangs. He's there in other situations. He's in situations you wouldn't believe. But God's there. If you've got unsaved lovers right now, just call out their name. I will believe with you. It's kind of hard to see what I'm writing right now. I'm reading because I'm, I'm touched by the Spirit. I know you are right now, too, that he, you're feeling the touch of the Master on your heart. You're feeling God moving. So I pray for every unsaved loved one that you have, that they will come into the ark of safety, that they will be saved and delivered in the name of Jesus. Oh, Jesus will do that. He promises in his word he will do that. That's why we have such a wonderful word in regard to Jehovah Shammah. Jehovah Shammah, Jehovah Shammah, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. If you get that in your spirit, there in Ezekiel chapter 48, verse 35, the name of the place is Jehovah Shammah. They're talking about the Millennium Temple, talking about the times, but the name of the place is called Jehovah Shammah. And again, I will say no matter what kind of situation, what a problem, what kind of need, what kind of difficulty, what kind of what things you're going through. Oh my 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 my! I have heard testimony after testimony of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, many years ago, we were living in Hong Kong. While we were there in Hong Kong, it announced the death of Watchman Nee. Watchman Nee was a great Christian in China. And they got him and they tortured him. And they told explicitly how they killed him. They cut off different parts of his body and different things like that. When he came right down to it after causing mutilation, severe pain, he pointed to his heart. He said, you might take God. You think you're hurting me. You're just making it sooner than later, I'm going to be with my king. He pointed to his, his heart. He said, maybe you can cut different parts of my body off, but you can't take God from my heart. And that's the way Watchman Nee died. What a man of God. Very powerful. I used to hold that clip for some I'll have to look through my files to even find the year that he passed away, but we saw that. So God is there in a time you don't think he's there. You remember that there's only one time it's mentioned in Scripture that the heavens are brass. It says at one time in that chapter of Deuteronomy 28, amazingly enough, 
in that chapter says the heavens are brass. The only reason that the heavens were brass is because of disobedience. When you walk in obedience, speak in obedience, live in obedience, you can expect the blessing of the Lord. That's what he wants to bless his children with. He wants to bless us to encourage us to lift us up. My, 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 my. Now, 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 let's go on to another one here. I mean, we have a few more to go, and my, my time is, is kind of leaving me. I'm telling you, we have a good time. So notice what we're saying here. Notice what we're saying here, that these redemptive names of God show the character of God. Now, this is found in Jeremiah chapter 23 and verse 6. This is one of the greatest revelations of the body of Christ. Let's look at this one in Jeremiah. Oh, my, my, my. As we have gone from different parts and place, we see these amazing, wonderful names that God has in revealing himself. And in the 23rd chapter of the book of Jeremiah, we have one of the amazing names, and we'll stay with that for a while because it's so powerful, it's so wonderful, it's so glorious, as we will look together in the 23rd chapter. It's so good. Uh, look at about verse 6, 23 and 6. My, 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 my. It said, In his days Judah shall be saved, and Israel shall dwell safely. And this is his name whereby he shall be called, the Lord our righteousness. Now in the Hebrew, it's Jehovah Satanum. That's how you say it. Jehovah said, Cano, the Lord, our righteousness. Oh, my, 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 my. Now, here's an interesting fact. Is it true? That, well, let's, let's look at some of these interesting things. Now, you will notice that I'm going to talk about some mountains here. Now, these mountains will describe where you are in the part of where you go to church at. In Mount Sinai is the mountain of law. There's some churches that just law this and law that. You've got to do this. You've got to do that. You've got to do that. This has got to be done. That's got to be done. It has such regiment, the way they have set it forth, according to the law, nothing but the law. That's where they're at right there. And then you have Mount Moriah. That's interesting. In the Mount Moriah is where? Abraham took his son Isaac to sacrifice him before God and as he was ready to take the knife and plunge it through the sun. The angel said, no, stop, Abraham, don't do that to your son. He said, look, and as Abraham looked, he found a lamb, a ram caught in the thicket. He couldn't get out. He took that, and that was a substitute for Isaac. But here's what I believe. And scripture reveals that to us, that in that same part of Moriah, oh, my, 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 just, I don't know how many mountains distance there is, but it's close to it. It's in the mountain range there. That from Moriah, you can see Calvary. And where he was at, Moriah, was a part of Revelation. Revelation was coming. Power was coming. Blessing was coming. And then 
as we look across from Moriah, he said, you see that mountain over there? That mountain range, that's Calvary. That's Calvary. He said, you see, there's men up there on crosses. The one in the middle, my son. So you take your son home. Take Isaac home. And my son will die for the whole world. You see, how can you prove that? Because Jesus said, Abraham saw my day and was glad. How possibly could Abraham see his day? That's the only time it could have been. It was during the revelation that God gave Abraham about the crucifixion of his son on Calvary. Then, of course, in Jerusalem, in that area, we have a mountain called Mount Zion. Said, let's go up to Zion. Oh, what's that talking about? That's talking about glory. Glory, glory, glory. Now, as we have come to this junction here, well, we're going to stop and we're going to give you a lot of scripture having to do with Jehovah said Cana. We're dealing with that Jehovah said Cana is the Lord my righteousness. The Lord my righteousness. Proverbs 28 and 1 says this. It says, the wicked flee when no man pursues, but the righteous are bold as a lion. <laughs> I like that. I like that. I like that. Because it shows you that a lion knows who he is in the jungle. You don't have to tell anybody else that when the roar of the lion invades the jungle, all the animals are quaking. They're fearful of the lion. And, of course, they try to get out of his way. They try to move as fast as they can to get out of his way. Now, let's look at a few scriptures having to do with relationship with righteousness. Isaiah chapter 59. We can look there. Isaiah chapter 59. A very powerful, wonderful, glorious Revelation that God gives to us in the 59th chapter of the book of Isaiah. And we'll be reading verses 16 and 17. My, 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 my. It goes on to say, verse 16, And he saw that there was no man, and wondered there was no intercessor. Therefore his arm brought salvation unto him, and his righteousness it sustained him. Amazing. Verse 17. For he put on righteousness as a breastplate, a helmet of salvation upon his head. And he put on the garment of vengeance for clothing and was clad with zeal as a cloak. Now, having to do with righteousness. Oh, righteousness. See, there's a great, great difference between religion and righteousness. Religion has brought man to God, tried to. Man tries to get to God by his own thoughts and ideas, his own plans, his own wishes. He tries to make it by himself. But righteousness, what you have on the inside of God, says you are righteous. Not sin consciousness, we're talking about righteous. When you're righteous before God, you can be and you will be and you shall be. How wonderful. God, he makes us righteous. The righteousness of God 
one of the greatest gifts to the body of Christ. Revelation, come to your spirit. So let's understand that. Let's know that. Let's, let's talk about it. Let's go over some things there. Now, just over there, just a few pages, in Isaiah 61, we read, this is in verse 3 of 61, having to do with the fact, I, I like it, the whole thing. Well, let's go back to the first verse. It says, the Spirit of the Lord, God, is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings to the meek, has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty of captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, and the day of vengeance of a God, to comfort all that mourn. Now, verse 3, to appoint to them that mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, and the garment of praise for the spirit of evidence. Why? That's, that's why it has that dot, dot. That means a colon. That means they're not finished talking yet. That they might be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. My, 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 my. We could get into that for some time right there, that he might be glorified. Having to do with the fact and the thing that we are called the trees of righteousness. Now, all the way to Malachi, okay, in Malachi chapter 4 and in verse 2. So, speaking and talking about that, in Malachi chapter 4 and in verse 2, said, but unto you that fear my name. Oh, we can even stop there for a moment. That's one of the things that needs to be reestablished in the lives of the hearts of men and women of Jesus. We need to receive again the fear of the Lord. The Bible says the fear of the Lord is beginning of wisdom. We believe that when we preach the fear of the Lord, and we're talking not about a quaking, shaking, so, oh my God, what am I going to do? We're not fearful of him. We're just respecting him. Awesome God. Awesome God. All the way through the word of God, every time they want the angels cry, holy. Every time when you see men and women of God that reach out to God, the fear of God is there. We need to have to reestablish that. How awesome he is. We kind of got away from that. The fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord. Again, but under you that fear my name shall the Son. Now, notice it's not S-O-N. It's S-U-N. The Son of righteousness arise with healing in his wings. My, 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 my. You go forth and up the scales in the stall. Having to do with the fact that this is talking about what God has called and healings, deliverances. Blessings, glory, victory, anointing, all the things that God has called us to. You that fear my name shall. The son of righteousness. I tell you what, when you seek the Lord with all of your heart, go after him with fasting and prayer. And let the Lord God of glory shine in upon you. Oh, my, 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 my. You can see that the very countenance of your being will change. The light of God 
will come on the inside. I've only had a few times like that. Where I was preaching revivals, and suddenly my face would start shining. I felt that before. Someone said, well, what you put on your face? I said, what are you talking about? They said, we saw light on your face. We saw light. I said, that just must be the glory. It's got to be the glory. wasn't anything I did. I didn't put any special powder on. I didn't even done nothing. Done. But just to be in his presence. In his presence. In his presence is fullness of joy. In his presence. Blessings forevermore. We give him glory. We give him praise. We give him honor. I'm telling you right now. Oh, hallelujah. Now, if it wasn't so late outside and dark, I think I'd run around the house three times. <laughs> because this is where this is coming from, the house. Now, notice what we're saying here. It said, unto you that fear my name, that's godly fear, shall the sun, the brilliance, the sun, the light of God, shall arise with healing in his wings. My, my. What a wonderful, wonderful, powerful, glorious message that he gives us and tells us and talks to us about that and speaks to our hearts about that. To let the light of God shine through us. You remember that little song we sing in Sunday school? This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. You know that. Sing it sometime. I'm not the best singer, but anyway. Having to do with the fact that when that little light shines, I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Oh, now, I want you to go back to Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 2. This is talking about the light of God. It's talking about the power of God. talking about the anointing of the Lord. And in chapter 9 and verse 2, it says, The people, this is a prophetic word, The people that have walked in darkness have seen a great light. They that live in the, in the, in the land of the shadow of death, upon them hath the light shined. Oh, I don't care how dark it is anywhere you are. I'm telling you. <laughs> I don't care how dark that is. I've been in pretty dark situations up there. I mean, gee, i tell you what. After Daddy passed away, I wouldn't have been doing it before, but after first summer all passed, I was telling everybody I was going to have a biker club. And finally, one of the guys that was all tattooed and everything all over him, <laughs> he said, uh, there's only one problem with that. I said, what? He said, you don't have a bike. I said, well, how about that? How did you know that? He said, well, we're going to take care of that. And that happened to be, he was talking to me Friday. He said, Saturday, we're going to go up there, and we're going to get you a bike. And so I'd been practicing on an old Indian because I knew I was going to start riding. And they hadn't done much of that. I, I, you know, when you're a little younger, I do a little bit of that stuff. But, I mean, this heavy-duty thing. So an old Indian, I kind of learned on that, started dodging trees and everything. Finally got my rhythm down of how to move the bike and what to do with the bike and, you know, put the brake on, put the gas on, all that good stuff. So anyway, the day came. We went up there in Michigan, went to a swap shop, and this guy picked out a bike. Now, he could have started with one that's a little less powerful because I wasn't quite used to bikes. So what did he do? He went and got a Triumph 650, Bonneville. Boy, that thing was fast. My goodness, was that thing fast. We trailered it to get all the way back to Indiana. And uh, so I want to show my, my brother Steve, and he might have been out there. 
He was around the parking lot and brought it into him. So I just wanted to show off. Look at this bike, look what I got. And he got so mad, he said, oh, Dad would have whipped you all over the place. And I said, maybe so, but he's not here. <laughs> and so, so basically, I, I was messing with it, and, and uh, I got it down off the trailer and like that, and got it and fired it up. And, man, that thing was moving. But there's only one thing. That the throttle stuck. The throttle stuck wide open. And here I go around the parking lot, one, two, three, four. And I didn't want to run that thing until all the gas went out. It take a long time. So anyway, I was praying in the spirit and asking God, I said, Lord, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? He said, raise it up and then work with it. So I'll raise it up off the wheel. And he gave me strength through that. And then I started working with it and just got the throttle down. And finally got down. Oh, I tell you. I said, well, if that's going to be the adventure, that's going to be something else. But anyway, the Lord led me to do that. So I had that, and we had some bikers got saved. Lives got turned around, and one day, deep voice gentleman called me and says, I want to see you guys in my clubhouse. So I don't know where he got our number, but he called. So we, we went over there, a couple of guys went over there, and uh, walked in the clubhouse and was a pretty significant outlaw clubhouse. <laughs> This guy was in there, they were playing, they, you know, oh, I mean, it was something else. It stunk. Oh, good, great. You wouldn't believe how bad it stunk. And uh, <laughs> when I going down the hallway, I started singing, Lord, I'm coming home. Because it was mighty scary. Then I went in the door, and the guy grabbed me, pulled me in the door, and said, hey, I think I asked for you. I said, what's your name? He said, my name is Lurch. Six foot eight, 300 pounds. No fat. That is some kind of poop. So he says, uh, yeah, I've been watching you, old man on TV. And he started talking about that. Well, I thought he was going to get friendly there, but not. <laughs> he said, uh, you know what? He said, I haven't broken any legs in a couple of years. I said, well, that's good. I said, that sounded pretty, pretty encouraging. And then he stopped for a moment. He said, yeah, I sent somebody else to do it. I said, oh. Okay. So after talking with well, a few weeks later after that, he got a heart attack. Intensive care. I went in to see him. I called his name. I said, you ready to meet God? I said, no. I said, you want to get ready? Yeah. So I took him in to his prayer. He said it. Tears in his eyes. Said all the way through. So anyway, I believe that day, God touched his heart. Touched his life. Changed him around. He still didn't come out of that heart problem. A couple of weeks after that, the man died. Talked to his wife. I said, hey, what was that man's last, you know, your husband, what was his name? What did he say the last words? <laughs> he said, you're going to like this preacher. I said, what did he say? He said, here I come, Jesus. <laughs> I tell you what, that's what that scripture is talking about right here. The people that have walked in darkness have seen a great light. And they that live in the shadow of death, upon them hath the light shined. It was darkness in their clubhouse, but yet the light was shining. And it came to him. And I'm going to see him on the other side of glory. <laughs> how wonderful, how wonderful, how wonderful. All the way through the Word of God, we have an interesting thing about that. Jehovah said, Canaan, 
about righteousness. How wonderful. Call the trees of righteousness. Call the son of righteousness. And then in the New Testament especially, it gives us a whole message in regard to righteousness. Turn to Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. And we will read some exciting verses here, talking about how powerful, how glorious, and how wonderful. Oh, our God is so great. The power, the anointing of God. Romans chapter 5. Let's look at the uh, beginning about verse 17. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive the abundance of grace, and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Christ Jesus. Therefore, by the offense of judgment come upon all men to condemnation, even so by the righteousness of one, who that's Jesus, of the one free gift came upon all men under the justification of life. And you go down to verse 21. That sin hath reigned. You see that past tense? Sin hath reigned unto death. Even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. We can stay there for a while. Now over to Romans chapter 8. Look at verse 10. Romans 8, verse 10. Again we said, And if Christ be in you, the body's dead, because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. The spirit is life because of righteousness. Down to verse 11. But of the spirit, there's the Holy Spirit, of him that raised up Jesus from the dead, lives in you, to raise up Christ from the dead, shall also quicken or bring to life your mortal body, how? By his spirit. That lives in you. The Spirit of God living in us causes these things to happen. We've seen it happen. It says the kingdom of God is what? Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Romans 14, verse 17. There's other scriptures having a regard to the fact and wonderful things about that. But I want to take you to one scripture that you will be amazed about. This is in Revelation chapter 19. Revelation 19. What we have here, now I guess this could put the icing on the cake, so to speak. But what we're talking about in these last times, talking about these things, oh, this is so wonderful. And verse 11, this is so good. Chapter 19 of the book of Revelation. It says this, And I saw heaven open. And behold, a white horse, and he that sat on him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he did judge and make war. His eyes were like a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no man knew but himself. And he was clothed with a vesture, dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. Oh, my, 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 my. I tell you, what? How much better could you get than that right there? Talking about these things. Talking about the goodness of God. Talking about the blessing of the Lord. Talking about all these things that he wants to do for us. I'm telling you what. Oh, hallelujah. God is moving by the power of his spirit. So these redemptive names shows the character of God. How that God deals in specifics in our hearts and lives. And how the very names he's given us from Hebrew to talk to us and give us that information 
and will empower you and will teach you and cause you to walk in the glory that God has called you to. You hear that? God has called you to glory. I'm not talking about dying and leaving and going to glory. I'm not talking about that at all. I'm talking about the glory of God in you right now. Oh, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. My, 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 my. We can get into these things, talk about these things, have these things, notice these things, understand these things that God's inside us. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. <laughs> I get excited about this every time I come before you and I'm hearing great reports and I would like a little feedback. You want to give me some feedback, that'd be all right too. We would enjoy that and what you would like to say. In regard to those things and what God is doing today, how he's blessing and all the things of heaven move in your direction, I'm excited about it. So I want you as well to be excited about the things of God in your heart and life causing the blessings of heaven to come on you and overtake you. Blessings of heaven. The blessings of heaven. If you're sick in body right now, put your hand where your sickness is. I don't care what kind of sickness. I don't care what kind of pain. If you have pain in your body, I want to rebuke that in the mighty, holy, precious name of Jesus, the Son of the living God. I come against that pain in Jesus' name. I come against migraine headaches. I come against arthritis. I come against any form of cancer in your body. I come against the very work of the enemy. I come against depression. I come against sadness. I come against the thoughts and the intents that are wicked and trying to take your mind from you. I come against any power that tries to hold you back from the living God. I come against all these things that come upon you and try to destroy you. The Bible says, greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. We've got to take our rightful position. We've got to understand who you are, who you are in Jesus Christ, the power, the glory, the majesty that he has called us to. Oh, my, 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 my. <laughs> You've got to get that down deep in your spirit. And, you know, you're not going to be a weak mamby-pamby. There you go, right there. That's a statement in itself. You cannot be a weak mamby-pamby. You've got to have backbone with iron. You've got to be full of the spirit. You got to be full of glory. You got to be filled with the Word of God. You got to be filled with the knowledge of the Lord. Oh, hallelujah! If what God wants you to do today is go out and win souls, that's the most important thing upon His heart. Talk to your neighbor. Talk to your friend. Talk to your relative. Just talk, 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 talk. Don't talk nonsense. Talk about Jesus. Talk about His miracles. Talk about healing you. Talk about saving you what you used to do, what God has done through you, and what he wants to do for them, how God can set them free, whatever problem they have. had a man one time in my church down close to the Indianapolis area. He had been a nicotine for 35 years. Nothing could break it. He came one Sunday morning. He said, I prayed, I fasted, I've done everything I could. He came in the line. He had a healing line. The power of God hit him, and he said, from that day, Till I never saw him after that again. He kept on telling me, telling me, telling me. He said, I've been free of nicotine. I don't have to smoke anymore. He said, I started many, many years ago. He said, I'm totally free. I don't even think about smoking. He said, even when I smell it, I get sick. 
That's what we're talking about. Somebody out there, an alcoholic. In the name of Jesus, I break the power of alcohol over you by the blood of Jesus. Some of you had drug addicts. All drugs have to go in the name of Jesus. We have, you might even know somebody that's a drug addict. We set them free by the blood of Jesus. Or give them dreams or give them visions or give them visitations from the Most High. We speak and believe and thank you for what you are doing tonight. We speak and believe and receive the blessings of heaven. We speak and receive the glory, the glory, the glory, the glory. Oh, and now, like I say before, what I believe is this, that praise goes up to God and worship comes down from God. And on the other side of that worship, the glory of God. I'll say it again. Praise goes up to God. Worship comes down from God. And on the other side of that is the glory of God. <laughs> right there, raise your hand. Give him praise. Give him worship. Give him honor. Just raise your hand right now. Hey, raise your hands. Oh, I speak freedom on you in Jesus' name. No more religion. Righteousness. Righteousness rules in our hearts. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. That's it. Just say it. Thank you, Lord. I'm free. I'm whole. I'm blessed. I'm anointed. Now, if you can't say that, maybe you're away from God. Maybe you've never even given your heart to God. Say, Lord Jesus Christ, forgive me of every sin. Cleanse me with your precious blood. I thank you for dying on Calvary's tree. I thank you for making me free. Those things of the past are past. I'm moving away from unrighteousness, moving to righteousness. I reject and refuse the thoughts of the enemy. I receive the blessing of the Most High. I receive the cleansing of your blood, Lord. I receive your freedom. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. The Bible says, with the confession of your mouth, and the believing of your heart, you're born again. Call somebody about it. Tell them what God has done for you. Tell them how he sets you free. Tell them of his mighty power in your hearts and lives. My, 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 my. God's doing things right now. I'm seeing things by the Spirit. I'm not going to elaborate on those things, but the ones that are sick right now, I see a hand on them. I see the touch of the master on them. I see the power of God being distributed everywhere with this, this, the waves, the airwaves, wherever they're being transmitted and they're going to, the blessing is coming. The blessing is coming. The blessing is coming. And just start thanking him for it. Thank you for your blessing. Thank you for your anointing. Thank you for your glory. Thank you for your peace. Thank you for your joy. Thank you for your righteousness. I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. Yeah, we're speaking freedom. We're speaking freedom right now. We're speaking freedom right now. Hallelujah. 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 I want to say something about uh, that tomorrow. Again, I'll be on the Fire Talk Radio. 
This will be 6 o'clock. Get all your friends. And what we're dealing with in specifics is the tabernacle of David. The tabernacle of David. And it will be a wonderful message that your heart be ready for it. That your mind be ready for it. Blessing of the Lord. Here, here's, here's what I want to say. That I speak upon you dreams and visions of the Most High God. That the dreams and the visions will operate while you rest, while you sleep. And we call them in in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for your word. We receive it in fullness. We have glory to God. Hallelujah. Adam, you there? Hello there. Hello there. Blessings. You're going to pick up the ball and run with it. I don't hear any response. Where well, glory to God. Good, and his mercy endures forever. So if you're close by, pick up. That's all right. I tell you what, we've had a kind of a strange night with every communication. Having to do a reciprocal action. Moving one way, then moving the other way. Oh, my, 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 my. Hallelujah. Okay. You got it. Be blessed. My friend, I have a few questions to ask you. Has anyone ever told you that God loves you and that He has a great plan for your life? If today were your last day here on earth, do you know for sure, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that you would go to heaven? If you answered yes, is that because you are a good person or is it because you attend church regularly? Have you ever heard that the Bible reads, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The Bible also reads, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. And it also reads, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. My friend, did you know that you are a whosoever? I'd like to say a prayer for you. Lord, bless my friend right now. I thank you that you are doing a quick work in my friend's heart. And Jesus, right now, make yourself real to my friend. If you haven't called upon the name of the Lord, I pray that you'll do so right now. Say this prayer with your heart and with your mouth out loud. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sin. Set me free. Jesus, thank you that you died for me. I believe that God raised you from the dead. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Fill me with the peace of God and the joy of the Lord. Give me a passion to reach the lost. Give me a hunger for the things of God. And Father, give me a holy boldness to preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ.
Father, I thank you that I am saved. I am born again. I am forgiven and on my way to heaven. Because I have Jesus in my heart. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. My friend, when you asked Jesus to come into your heart and to forgive you, He heard your prayer and He forgave you. All your sins are now forgiven. And always remember to run to God and not from God because He loves you and has a great plan for your life. I would like to encourage you, if you have friends who don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, make copies of this recording on CD and give it to them and let God change their lives in the same way He's changed yours. Regards, your friend.